the Fickle era is upon us. Luke Fickle met with the media, as did uh, some of the Wisconsin Badgers players. Uh, talking about the upcoming spring ball. RJ, uh, your time with the team, also Nelly as a fan that you are, and myself as a fan, Luke Fickle suggested that it feels like Christmas Day coming up here on Saturday to signify the start of spring ball. Take a listen to Lucas Fickle here. It kind of starts to like feel like that Christmas morning is starting to come where you know we've done a lot of different things, got to know each other in a lot of different ways, did some walk-through stuff, did some jog-through stuff, threw some balls, but you haven't really done it together. And, you know, so excited for, for Saturday to kind of be that first time where, you know, we get a better glimpse of ourselves and who we are. Does it feel like Christmas Day is upon us, Christmas morning, like we're going to unwrap all our presents? For for him, I can say, yeah, since he's new here and all that. Uh, Christmas Day for me wasn't until he got to fall camp because mm-hmm. then the season's right there. You're like a month away. But here, instead of getting presents, he, he, you guys yeah. had to take uh, equipment to the seminary. Right. Yeah. Here, here is more like New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Okay, you know, starts anew. You know, your new season is coming up upon you. Um, you can move now past last year. You're moving on with new players. You know, your your seniors are gone. You're now figuring out, starting to figure out and let things fall where you're kind of want them to be by the time you get to fall. Um, and then, yeah, fall camp is more like the Christmas for me. But I can get why he's saying that oh, yeah. since he's now yeah. new. He is been just in the getting to know phase because outside of the bowl game, you're not allowed to, like, coach until spring ball. So yeah. he's now had... Um, you know, since since the bowl game until this coming Friday, not been able to coach. He's, yeah, he's been able to talk. Well, you just can't coach. Leading up to the bowl game, it was technically Jim Leonard's team, and he was kind of sitting there watching, kind of giving his opinion. He wasn't hands on. Right now, he officially, and then in the winter, it's all lifting programs. He officially gets to be. Hands on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rowdy, does it feel like Christmas Day coming up for you? No, but I'm <laughs> no, but I'm interested to Do see. You, did you ever get excited on Christmas Day? Oh uh, yeah, when you're younger. But I'm just in general, like it's <laughs> I still do. It's spring ball. Like we've never got excited for spring ball before. This is probably the most excitement around a Wisconsin yeah. spring ball in forever. Yeah. But also I believe all fifteen practices are gonna be open to, to the media. Yeah, and this is something that's new. Because they used to shut it off the media a bunch. Now, 15 mm-hmm. practices, sessions over the next month, all open to the media. And I know our guy, Zach Halpern, is all giddy like a schoolgirl or giddy like a little boy on Christmas Day, ready to open up his presents. See, I'm more giddy for, like, the actual college football season well, to start. I mean, clearly. Yes. That's like me saying that it can't be uh, a thing can't be filmed after a date. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's excited for college football. Uh, but championships is the goal, right? That's what Luke Fickle says, but they have to accomplish, you know, different objectives during spring here. Well, we don't have goals. You know, I, I tell you that, that, that we'll have one goal. We won't talk about it. It'll be play for championships. So that's, that's it. We'll have objectives and uh, every, every group will have objectives for what they got to, you know, be able to evaluate through each week of spring. Offensively, we'll have objectives defensively and then team wise. So we don't have a goal. We just have one goal. Actually, we win a championship. We're not going to talk about it, but we have objectives. I don't know. Everything, everything they post with him talking, that's all he's talking about. <laughs> Championship. I mean, Sir has talked a lot about it. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, no, that's, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. You don't play to not win a championship, right, No. Well, <laughs> not on my team. <laughs> yeah. Not over here. Yeah, we're playing to win two or three games called a season, you know, get a couple <laughs> wins. That's about it. And he says they're going to be tough, though. Spring's about being tough. The number one most important thing for us is toughness. And that's mental, physical, and emotional toughness to be able to handle those things, to be able to push ourselves. These 34 days, it's a mental toughness that we've got to figure out if we've got. You know, everybody wants to play when the ball goes down, but how you do things on those days where you don't have practice, how you do those things on days where it's practice six or seven. So I think the number one, toughness. Toughness, number one. So uh, one thing, toughness. just listening to that and then kind of thinking about the Wisconsin Badgers football program the last few years, remember, we'll just say, okay, Barry Alvarez's time. 
Then you had Brett Bielema's time. We'll not talk about Gary Anderson's time. Boo. And then we'll go right to uh, Paul Christ. And from 2015 to 2019, Paul Christ was, in my opinion, one of the better coaches in the Big Ten. I mean, he got more yeah. out of players than probably about any other coach. And then all of a sudden, 2020 hit. COVID was a weird year. They basically handed the keys to Graham Mertz after the Jack Cohn injury. And that was it. And then fast forward a few years and Paul Christ is fired. Huge change. But you know how like Wisconsin and the program kind of lives and dies, in my opinion, on like the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Remember just not too long ago before COVID, they were on like the cover of the Sports Illustrated. You could go in and find that the highest paid center and guards and tackles were all former Badgers. You can just look at their draft history and they have all these players that made it to the NFL from the offensive line. And that was one of the things that coincided with kind of their downfall in 2020 was the fact that the offensive line hasn't been very good or it hasn't been very consistent. Then I hear him talk about Luke Fickle, that is. We need to be tough. We need to be blah, blah, blah. And I, I know there were some videos that had surfaced from like when they were doing their strength and conditioning over the winter where it's basically the strength staff and Luke Fickle yelling at these guys that they need to be tougher. Mm -hmm. Is that one thing they lost somehow in 2020 Toughness? is being tough, like in the trenches? Well, if you look at 2020, Rowdy, a lot of people lost uh, uh, their mental fortitude and being tough. Like Keanu Benton. Yeah. Keanu Benton is the guy that's going to play on Sundays. Keanu Benton's a guy that's going to be drafted in the first 100 picks. Keanu Benton was the guy that was trying to fire people up against Washington State as he is just a monster, right? Yeah. He's looking around and saying, I didn't see it in a lot of their eyes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, there's a lot, a lot of those of guys. Soft in a lot of those guys are still there, but a lot of those guys are inconsistently good players. Yeah. Like, they have some of the stars when it comes to recruiting background. You watch them absolutely, we'll just say for an offensive line perspective, absolutely pancake someone one play. And then get absolutely pancaked the next play. It's like it's for some reason it's not on all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel yeah. like the offensive line being very up and down and sporadic also was part of the collapse since 2020 of this program because you're used to having a really good offensive line. That's not the only thing. Clearly, there's a lot of other things. Lack of running back depth. Lack of we can go on and on and on. Yeah, but anyways. That just seemed like one thing that Luke Fickle has been yelling and the strength staff has been yelling, this team needs to get tougher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The He says, if the here's here's a good thing we'll end on before I get the Were they call. babied? Were they soft? Were they just soft? Downy soft. Luke Fickle talked about if there isn't energy or excitement, that's a problem. And it seemed like at the end of the badge with the Paul Chris, there wasn't energy or excitement. Like the Washington State game you're just talking about. Guys yeah. just sitting there going through the motions. Here's Fickle. If, if there's not energy out there, there's not excitement about it, th then you got to worry, you know? And then people ask, well, how do you handle expectations? There's nothing greater than having expectations. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, the, the, the internal pressure, the things that are put upon yourself, you get to find out who you are. It's much better you know, than, than the other way. I know that. So we love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, Luke Fickle seems to be a motivator. And I know Paul Chris is different um, off camera than he is on camera. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it many times, but at the end of Paul Chris' tenure with the Badgers, it seemed like it was, you know, they called the Cole Center the morgue center with all the boomers sitting around. <laughs> it seemed like everyone on the football team was just, not everyone, but most of them were just rolled out of the morgue. Well, like, There's no excitement. I mean, you even hear during that Illinois game at halftime, he literally drew a line in the sand and said, you got to be here with me. Yeah. And they didn't respond. No. Many say he went out to the desert to smoke some peyote and find himself. Others say went on it a was quest? went on a vision quest. Others say it was just to go see Brewer Spring training. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Which one was it, my friend? Well, I think Brewer Spring training is much more powerful than that that peyote drug that you just mentioned. I did go to find myself, but I did not go to do uh, to do drugs. Oh. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's natural. Uh, I've never done peyote. I've always wanted to, but you know, if you, did you find anyone out there dealing at all? I'd, I'd go. I got there for Brewer Spring Training quick and try it. But you know, there was this guy, you know, yelling and standing on the street corner outside the ballpark. I just assumed he was selling tickets, but maybe that's the front for really what he's dealing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You sure he wasn't like just homeless asking for money? 
And that's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I steered clear either way. Yeah. I, I wasn't going up to it. Well, great. Okay, let me ask you real quick. I mean, in Madison, the panhandlers who stand by the street signs, like four-way stops or the, you know, the, the lights, I've never once rolled my window down to give them money. Have you ever done done so? Has that, has that happened in lacrosse? Uh, well, not to rip on my beloved city here, there are a very, there's a, very, there's a lot of homeless people downtown. Oh, uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot. I, <laughs> probably, like, if I gave them money every time I bumped into them and they asked, it would be around once a day because Jeez. I walk to work and there's a lot of them. Be like, I just gave you some so, yesterday. And they, just like South Park, here's a third South Park reference today. Oh, you immediately forget me. Change. Change. Spare some change. change. No, I just gave you some. No, no, I just gave you some. All right, Grant, how was your time out in Brewer Spring Training? What did, what did we learn for your week that was Ooh. out in Maryville? Well, you know what? I'll give you a grown-up answer here. I, I thought it was... um. It was a humbling experience in the best way. You know, I sit back here in my studio and I, I yell into my microphone. I believe Zach Heilprin has accused me of being a microphone warrior or a keyboard warrior. Uh, and, you know, there might be something to that. You get down there and you get in the ballpark and all of a sudden you're looking these guys in the eye and you're watching the process up close every day. It was very good for me, I think, to get down there and realize there's a lot of things that I didn't know. There's a lot of things that I hadn't experienced before. So it was really cool to... You know, to go up to major league players and stick a microphone in their face and just be around the ballpark every day yeah. and get a feel for what is it? It's just dudes being dudes. That's a baseball thing. That's what it is. It's, it's just, just guys they go out, dudes. they have their little their little batting practice, and they run around on the field, and then they come back in and play cribbage in the clubhouse and crack jokes and you know throw water bottles at each other. It's a great time. Uh, talking to Craig Council every day was probably my favorite thing. We'd all get to go into his office. You know, fired questions for 15, 20 minutes, and then uh, be on our way. It was it was super cool for a million different reasons. Now, Grant, in, I think it, it, sorry, yeah, yes, sir. No, sorry. Continue. No, I, I was just going to say, I think it was it was a good learning experience, most of all for me, for sure. I know when you first like when I first started doing the Big J stuff, which I hate. I'm not a some guy accused me like I tweeted about. I forget what I tweeted about. Some guy accused me about. Learn, I need to learn how to be a better journalist. I'm like, I'm I not a journalist, dude. I, I consider myself yeah. an entertainer. I'm, I'm anything but. A, in fact, I don't care for journalists. But I, I did put my big J pants on uh, when I first started. And going into, like, press conferences and when no one, like, tells you what to do, it is a little nerve-wracking, especially when you got to go stick a mic in front of, uh, you know, someone's face of who you grew up a fan of. It, it is a little nerve-wracking at first, is it not? Oh, very much so. I was ready to pee my pants on the first day. But, you know, you just push through it. You just, <laughs> yeah, you just, just push, through. push through it. You put, a, you put a smile on your face and you, you black out for a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden you have some audio of a couple players on your phone. Yeah. So it, it works right out. And you wear depends, so you don't have to have an accident. Yeah. Yeah, the last day, Evo, I asked counsel, I said, uh, I said, I work in radio, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know, a lot of sports talk around the summer is just, complaining about how guys pull pictures too early. You asked this for real? To, yeah, yeah. And I, well, the problem was, I think I set up my question in a way that made it sound like I wasn't going to report it, I wasn't going to save the audio or anything. So we gave it. We gave some awesome deals. Really interesting. And then some of the other Brewers members jumped in and asked follow-up questions. And then after the, the press conference, uh, Mr. Vassallo, their director of media relations, came to the side. He said, yeah, just so you know, that was all off the record. I'm like, darn! But, ah. I feel, again, I feel like I learned a lot. I would have liked to use the audio on my show, but, uh, you know, live and learn. I, I should have went to journalism school with Zach before I went down there because then well, I would have thought I mean, my question better. You're, you in, you're in cahorts, uh, cahoots with Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny, he literally has said on the show multiple times that he is the, the defender of journalism on this show. So if anyone can you know, show you the ropes on that, it is Ben Kenny. So you have to ask him. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I did, I did ask counsel directly about that. Talk to him what about say? some of the young guys. Uh, I mean, he said a million different things. What did he say about pulling pictures? He said, we talked about it for like 10 or 12 minutes. There's a million different things. What it came down to was, and I, like, again, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote him or anything, but. Well, this is, this is all off the record too, by the way. Yeah. A theme that I've heard from him before is like, do you want the guy to go out there and pitch one more inning? Do you want him to pitch 10 more pitches or do you want him to miss a bunch of starts? Right. And that was actually a lot of what we talked about is, the goal is to keep the guys healthy and the way that they throw now and the way that pitchers operate now, it's just not feasible for them to go 115, 120 pitches like back in the day. So that was interesting. And 
you know, just hearing him compare eras a little bit because he just, you know, constantly really likes talking about baseball. I like listening to him talk about baseball. So that was, that was probably the most interesting conversation we got to have. Again, I, I can't, I can't really play it or do anything with it because it was off the record, but definitely. Let's just say it's off the, did council say it was off the record or did Matt Velasquez say it uh, after the fact? After the fact. Okay, then it but was I, on the record, so. You, you, can't say it, you can't say it afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Off the record. Guys. You can't say, uh, oh, by the way, that was off the record. It doesn't. Grant, I am not a big J, but I know it doesn't work like that. I'm, I okay, I'll ask Ben Kenny. I'll ask Ben Kenny when he gets here at 9 o'clock. I'll ask Ben Kenny, the defender of journalism. Yeah, yeah, I'll ask Ben. So, Grant, um, uh, switching gears here. Uh, well, nine days away from opening day. How stoked are we from Brewers uh, baseball? How stoked are we? Well, I was watching the World Baseball Classic last night, mm. and I'm just feeling things, Evo. I'm, fe- I'm feeling things. I'm watching Japan and Mexico go down to the wire. The final is going to be absolutely electric. Luis Urias, who they've called, I don't know if you've heard this, they've been starting to call him the Mexican Altuve. He had a giant bomb last night, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. I know he's probably not going to do that for my Brewers, but it was fun to feel. <laughs> At least you saw it. Yeah. But if we saw it, yeah, we knew it can happen. We know it can happen. So I'm, man, I'm so stoked because I, I just, I want a game on every night to watch and get upset about and then tweet about and be like really angry. Like I'm, I'm just missing that in my life right now. So uh, I'm you, very excited. You know, my favorite thing about the Brewers is uh, we get to carry, we have the honor and the privilege of carrying them right here on the radio as well. I know at WKTY mm-hmm. here, WOZN uh, in Madison, uh, it is an honor to massage the logs every night for the Milwaukee Brewers. And it's nothing I love more than doing than pulling my laptop Which, up and helping out the Brewers get back on track once the game concludes. I just, I just love Love it. It makes my it makes my life so happy. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> do we have the Brewers on the radio tonight? I don't believe so. Okay, so I last night. So my show was on for like ten minutes. Yeah, and at five fifty, as soon as the Brewers running, Eric on ninety, bang on the. I mean, just a pro's pro was ready to to join the show and talk for even. Just He's the man. The we end. love Eric on ninety. He's the man. But we do. We do. But at the end of the broadcast, I don't know if it was Lane Grindle or Josh Bauer or whoever was like, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. It's like, you're on tomorrow, too? Because if you're on tomorrow, then I'm not going to have a show again. And I, I just feel like I'm not doing anything this week. They are I, not, I on, they're not on. The, they might on WTMJ, but not yeah, on the network. It might be just WTMG. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not the whole, it's not the whole network. It's just WTMG. Well, that's very misleading, but, but not surprising from a, a big city East Coastal elite in Wisconsin thinking that their station is the only one that matters. So we'll talk to you tomorrow, even though it's it's just the flagship. Speaking of, never mind. No, no, please continue. Go. What are you going to say? I just, I'm just so pissed about what happened to lacrosse central and state basketball last week. I hate that high school kids are, are flopping to try to get free throws on jump shots. Now it's nothing sacred. I used to watch high school basketball to escape from that kind of BS. And now I got to watch Tyler heroes, younger brother, do it against my team. Wait. Oh, was that when he got fouled? He was shooting that three right at the end at the buzzer, and then he went. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, I did watch that. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Well, Grant, if if you're hit, if you hate high school kids flopping, wait till I tell you what they're doing in AAU basketball in middle school. Oh, oh, oh we, could have, we we could have a discussion about AAU. By the way, I'm very excited for my show tonight because I have the Big Ten March Madness thought, oh. and I didn't get to do anything with him yesterday because I wasn't on because of the Brewers. So I've been honing. I have a Marquette take. I'm going to try to bridge the gap between Badger and Marquette fans because mm. it's been an unruly couple of days, and mm. I'm, I'm going to step in and be the voice of reason. Okay. I'm not going to talk about high school basketball, although that was a, a travesty. What happened? Grant, can you name the Wisconsin teams that lasted longer in the month of March playing postseason basketball than the Marquette Golden Eagles? Mm, trivia. Uh, well, the Badgers and UWM made it a little bit longer. Yes, yes, well done. <laughs> yes. They, they made it deeper into March than Marquette, UW-Milwaukee. Uh, unfortunately, their, hey. their ride ended yesterday in the CBI in the first round. But, uh, yeah, they played yesterday. Which also was the same day I, their ride started. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw pictures of the CBI. Like, the Cole Center's actually been, it's been a nice crowd. Shout out to the Cole Center for NIT game. games. Yeah. The CBI, it looked empty. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. in Daytona Beach, and none of the teams are really relatively close to Daytona Beach. And if your team's playing in the CBI where they had to pay over twenty seven grand to do it, yeah, I don't know how many people are going to show think, up. I think a lot of people are on spring break, probably at Daytona Beach, but I don't think they'd be going to the basketball games. <laughs> Seems like a poor idea. Yeah. Speaking of spring break, 
Uh, one note about uh, uh, travel, if I may, and you can pass these airport thoughts along to Ben Kenny as well because I know he's so passionate on the subject. He's a, he's a, he's a flying it, snob. He's a plane snob. He hates flying. He, he is. He is. My flight was 6 o'clock on Sunday, so I was up in Adams 315 because I had to return the rental car, and I'm like, ah, there's not going to be a crowd at the airport. I tell you what, Evo, I stepped into that security area, and I saw I, – I, it was all Taylor Swift shirts. Or in the GD morning, and I have no problem with Taylor Swift. I, I just don't wear it. You don't need to wear it on the plane. We've been we've been awake for for less than an hour after getting no sleep. <laughs> don't wear your Taylor Swift shirt. People had the the sparkly cowboy hats on and security. Oh, I'm like, I tough. can't. This is too early for this. Well, I can't do this. Grant, what about the people that wear? What about the people that wear the band's T-shirt to the concert? Do you have any issues with that? I'm not a guy that will no. wear the band's T-shirt at the concert I'm going to. Feels a little overkill, but that's just me. Uh, that's an interesting conversation. I like wearing something like kind of fringe, like something kind of related, but not totally. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like I don't like wearing a Giannis jersey to a bus game. I have a Giannis jersey. What I like doing is wearing like something really dumb, like a, like a Brandon Jennings old throwback jersey. Or like you go to a Brewers game, like let's wear a Kyle Loach. There's nothing jersey. dumb about like a Brandon Jennings funny. jersey, just to clear the air. Hey, Grant, um, Somebody, uh, yeah, we're up yeah, against yeah. the break, and I wanted to sneak this in really quick. Uh, very yeah. quickly, how you how you dealing with the whole Rodgers situation? You over it? You ready to, like, how are we doing on the Wisco Sports with the Rodgers stuff? I'm, I'm fine with it. We know what the intentions of both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are. I don't think there's any mystery. I just think now they're waiting for a good time to make a deal, which Packers fans should want. So I... I, I don't know. Packers fans, take a deep breath. It's, it's all fine. It's all good. Like, we know... What's going on? Rodgers said his piece on McAfee last week. Just just let it all go. It's fine. We're going to be fine. It's, it's no big deal. And Grant, last question. I did see you tweet about it, so I have to ask. Oh. When is Neil Diamond Week beginning on the Wisco Sports Show? Or is so, that, or is that still saying, under wraps? Is that still under wraps? No, 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 no. It is, it is out. We have a date. Uh, I'm going to California with my lovely girlfriend the first week in April. So it will be the next week. I think it's the 10th. And I am pulling out all the stops this year. Cool, okay, vacation for you. I thought that wasn't a thing. uh, I'm in the process of making it. (laughs) I'm hoping. Hey, make sure you fit around. Make sure you fit around Bill Michaels because he's gone for like the next like 80 days. So be you know. I heard him. I told Ben, I was like, whenever you need me. But I also told Ben, like, you and Zach should just do a two-hour Kenny and I'll that Thursday. Every day. Oh, every day. Oh. Grant, we love you, buddy. Zach Heilprin, uh, the biggest J I know, our sports director. Uh, Zach, good morning, Zach. Do you remember how it all went? It's uh, Was it rumors and the sources and the reports? Yes. I think that's it, how it went. Yes. It, it starts with rumors. And then when people have sources, it ah, turns into reports. There it is, Rowdy. I knew we would figure it out. So there you go. All right, Zach. Uh, good morning, Zach. Uh, uh, good morning. Uh, I don't think Nelly was ever ever in the, the journalism room. Um, I don't think we ever had one at the at the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. No, it was located right next to the pig pen. Well, it was mm. the, I think it was in the pig pen. I, I believe if you normally where I entered the building, it would be slightly to the uh, left. Mm, I don't remember any journalism being done in that building. So, <laughs> Zach, Zach, there was some really yeah. great journalism at MadCitySportsZone.com, and I know did, you did and you, your. Did you do something? No, I'm not a journalist. So no. some guy was like tweeted at me to be a better journalist or whatever. <laughs> you saw the tweet. I'm like, I'm not I a ju- I'm not a journalist, dude. I'm an entertainer. I'm an a hole and entertainer. So you hey, didn't tell him that though. It was amazing though. By the way, Zach. Jury's still out, but Keston here and not looking good to make this roster. Oh yeah, uh, that's a tough scene for uh, what twenty-three-year-old Nelly. Journalistic. Nelson. That was when that was when Nelly dipped his toe in the journalism pool. Yeah, man. Probably, probably won't put you uh, up for any type of like um, awards for that one. Unless uh, is there is a version of the journalism Razzies? I believe. I <laughs> If so, if so, we've got a couple of nominations. I was looking um, for the bronze during, quill, one of the yeah, top during, writers of my time. Yeah, during during our our tenure there, uh, well, I guess it precedes us, but um, there are there there are some nominees that we could throw in there, and I think uh, Kesson here, jury's out, probably is in there. I'm gonna 
I'm going to ask, so Ben Kenny has proclaimed himself the defender of journalism on this show, so I'm going to ask him coming up when he comes in after nine. But I'm going to ask you, Mr. Big J, if someone, let's say you have, you're with Craig Council, for example, mm-hmm. and you ask him, a, like you're in his office, you're asking him questions, yada, 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 and then after he's done answering all the questions and leaves, then let's say the Brewers media guide, what's Mike, what's his, what's his name, Mike Vassallo or whatever it is, Let's mm-hmm. say he comes up to you and then says, oh, by the way, that's all off the record. Does that fly in Big J journalism, or do you have to come out and say it before you start spilling the beans? You have to, I mean, you have to come out and say it before you're talking to him. Oh, right, um, that's what I said. In, in, most, in most situations, you're also going to have a recorder in there as well. Yeah. I, mean, if there's no rec- I mean, if there's no recorder and like he doesn't know he's being recorded, that's that's not big J type of stuff there. Um, unless you're trying to like an ex, like, no, you do that. You're just ruining relationships. I think there's, there's, there's different things Like you don't want to ruin Like if you're a beat writer for the Brewers and they were to do that, that's a situation where you're like, do I want to ruin my relationship with Craig council? Um, and just not use any of that. Or do I want to use all that and then kind of be, Kind of okay, let's say oh. let's say you're teetering the line between a big J and not a big J. Let's say it's your first excursion down at Brewer Spring Training, and you had a recorder and you recorded it, and then after the fact, you were told it's off the record, and your name's Grant Bills. It doesn't have to be at Spring Training. This, this could have been in Chicago at Big Ten Media Days. <laughs> Location? Who knows? I feel like in this situation that I'm a hypothetical, wink, wink, that Grant Bills was taken for a ride. Who was not a journalist, but was pretending to be one through a Brewer Spring Training. But let's be honest, if you look at Grant Bills, you probably think you could take him for a ride. Did you? Did he or did he not record it? It was recorded. Allegedly. And, Allegedly. And did, hypothetically. Did Craig Council know it was being recorded? It was out, yes. On his cell phone. Allegedly. And was it just him, or was it everybody? There's other people there, allegedly. Oh. And then after the fact, he may or may not, or was told, hypothetically... That that was all off the record, by the way. After the fact. Well, here's the thing: all the other people in that room probably knew it that it was off the record, oh. and so him going he in there without in the knowing, know. without him knowing, because he's the first time he's ever been in that room. Um, that's why they probably had to tell him. It's Craig Council probably is, is in that room all the time talking to these guys off the record, knowing you know he can say whatever he wants because they're just off the record. I feel like that's erroneous. Have, I feel like he, he should have been told. And then you have a rando coming in and um, sitting around, and you have to tell him. You, you don't realize you have to tell him that until afterwards. So I don't yeah, think no, that's on uh, Grant. I think that's on the, the media relations guy, hypothetically speaking. Well, no, I would agree. I would agree. But I think Grant, especially in the situation, what they were doing for him, um, letting him broadcast from the stadium and all that stuff, it's not really worth it. Because I'm, I'm, guarant- I'm guessing Craig Council didn't say anything earth-shattering. That uh, was worth would be worth uh, ruining that relationship on a number of levels. Zach, after this conversation, I feel like I can put up another degree on my wall. This time for not only communication, journalism, but now law. Law, yeah, good. Awesome. Actually, it just hit me. I know why. I know why Grant won't release it. I bet she made it all up because Grant asked Craig Council hypothetically. This is all you know. This is all hearsay because it may or may not have been off the record about polling pitchers early. And Rowdy, yeah. what do we talk about here? Pulling pitchers early is for cowards, especially if they're dealing. I bet you Craig Council thought he was off the record, gave Grant Bills the answer that Grant didn't want to hear and doesn't want to release the tape because it will make us vindicated. It's just, do we, I, do, yes. Do we think Grant even asked any questions in there? I think he just fawned over him. It was like fanboy. He, he did say he almost peed his pants the first day talking to Craig yeah. Council. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, well, hey, uh, there's... That's happened to a lot of good people. Yeah, well, Grant, or uh, Zach, enough about uh, hypotheticals about Grant that may or may not, but it did happen. About Grant, you, Luke Fickle era upon us, did Mm. you pee your pants when you heard that all 15 sessions of spring ball will be open to the big J's and the media? I did not pee my pants, but I... You got giddy? I got giddy. Oh, baby, I got giddy for you when I heard it. What's the... Best thing uh, about, I mean, the only thing that anybody in our profession wants is access, and and you've been given it, per, 
and they're providing all of it. You got green so, lighted in a spring ball, yeah. all all so, sessions ready to go. Yes. So three practices a week plus interviews on the other days. Wow. As the, Unheard of. When it comes to access, that's un, unprecedented at Wisconsin. It's not like it hasn't happened. Or, we've gotten to see a lot of practice. A lot of places you don't get to see any practice. But we've, And so we've gotten to see eight or nine spring practices but each year. But 50, all 15, come on now. Now, Zach, this, this is I'm giddy for you, dude. Like this is because yep. like the Paul Christ era, would you even wouldn't you get like 10 minutes of like I'll practice? How'd that work? What'd you say? Like the Paul Christ era for spring ball, like would you even get access like outside of like 10 minutes for like one practice? Yeah, no, as I said, we got probably eight or nine practices uh, and we'd get to see all of them. So or get to see the entire practice. Sick. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not like there was no access. In Wisconsin, you got access to see practices on a regular basis. Um, it's just this is on a different level. Um, and I don't know what it will be like in fall camp. Fall camp, you know, as Chris, his tenure got further and further along. We got less and less mm. access. Mm. Um, so, but again, uh, Luke Fickle loves excitement and loves the energy. And when you have the ability to, um, you know, uh, open up practices, you're going to and let reporters in to see everything. You're going to be able to engineer some of that excitement. So, so um, uh, for Zach Halper, our sports director, joining us right now, and the biggest of Jays when it comes to journalism. Zach, what uh, who did you all get to talk to yesterday? And um, uh, I know I was reading your article at ManCitySports.com, a great read. How giddy were you over the weight gain of one, I don't know, Braylon Allen? <laughs> I don't know about giddy. Uh, I, I, like, I uh, before I was before I was a reporter, I, I would be obsessed over this type of stuff too. So I understand where fans are coming from in terms of just wanting to see and like who's who's gained weight and who's moved positions and who's no longer on the roster and all that type of stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, Braylon Allen has gained four five pounds. He's up to two forty, and he says Woo! he's faster than he was last year. Woo! I thought the more I thought the most interesting kind of thing from Braylon was his comment saying because last year. Paul Christ hired Al Johnson to be the running backs coach. Al Johnson never played running back. He was a very good offensive lineman for Wisconsin and uh, had never coached the position either. And so he said it was re- – uh, they hired Devin Spaulding, who played the position, and then coached it at Youngstown State. And he said, "I, it's very refreshing to have a guy that actually played the position um, coaching us oh, and yeah. giving us that perspective. So a little bit of a shot, a little bit of a shot by Braylon Allen, but I don't disagree uh, having a running back coach – uh, that actually played the position, I think, is is actually pretty important. So, um, makes yeah, sense to me. Yeah, I mean, Braylon Allen, uh, Ches Malusi, Chimray DK, um, Tanner Bordellini, our guy Tanner Bordellini, oh, Tanner Bordellini. Uh, yeah, uh, Mumajang Meta, just uh, uh, Jordan Turner, Alex Smith, and uh, Rodas Johnson. Those are the guys we got to talk to. Yes, quarterbacks. No quarterbacks. Oh. Quarterbacks not this. If I have one complaint, and it'd be probably very, very uh, low on the on the list, is yeah, we haven't gotten to talk to any of the quarterbacks yet. Uh, we don't get to talk to them until I believe it's April twelfth. So we'll have to wait that long to to get to talk to Tanner Mordecai and company. So Zach, actually, those comments by um, Allen, by yeah, Braylon Allen, they're kind of interesting to me because remember when all of the Paul Chris stuff was going down and then all of a sudden Luke Fickle was hired. He was the one that was maybe going to Michigan, maybe going to USC. There were other guys that obviously defended Chris, but then all of a sudden it's like they realize that sometimes the grass is actually greener afterwards where it's like, Hey, they brought in Luke Fickle. He's a competent division one college football head coach. And this is what they're doing. You know, you know what I mean, Zach? Like, yeah, it seemed like everyone's in their feelings right when it happens. And then they finally get the new coach with the new program. And they're like, actually, I like this better. I don't know about uh, better. I don't know, but they, it's, they're 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Right. So, um, adults, but emotional. Uh, I mean, Nelson's probably Nelson's obviously the closest to that of us three, but you know they're pretty, you know, pretty still very emotional at that age. I mean, you you took twenty dollars off off a bar because you were upset, 
Uh, he stole twenty dollars off a bargain. Well, there was no <laughs> nil deals someone, back then. Someone wouldn't give you, give you a drink. So, like, I mean, there. That there could have are, been his addictions you, talking. Who could get a you, drink? You, I mean, you lash out, right? So, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I agree. Like, they were emotional in the moment. They got a new coach. They see who Luke Fickle is. They see who he hired. They see how he's running the program, and they like it. I don't think that means that they all of a sudden were like, "Oh, well, I guess the other thing wasn't very good." But it was pretty clear last off season that Braylon Allen and the rest of the running backs weren't overly, overly excited that they hired an offensive lineman to coach him. So to get him to get a, a running back back in that room is, I think, is it was probably. Um, something that Braylon Allen was looking forward to, but he's a loyal, I mean, he is a, he's a loyal guy and he's going to stand up for his guys. And, uh, Paul Kirsten was his guy. And so I'm sure he'll continue to do that, but yeah, he wants a real coach mm-hmm. or at least a coach that coach the spot. That makes sense to me. Uh, Zach Halperin joining us right now. And uh, this, I want to, do you have anything else for me? No, no, no. I, you know, it's just despite what a lot of people that watch a lot of films say, I, I understand offensive linemen have good feet, but uh, it's a little different at running back. So, uh, Zach, well, like, oh. like when when the only thing the guy's going to be when when you say, yeah, I think he can help us with our pass blocking sets. Um, when you're a running back, that's <laughs> awesome. That's like very. I mean, that's a, I know it's part of the game, but there's a whole lot more to the game. You know, that, that's the difference, that. uh, Zach, between being the fifth running back on a roster and like the cut in the NFL. We're looking for pass blockers. Yes, uh, <laughs> but when you're when you're in college and you're trying to get better and you're trying to be, you know, yeah. Not exactly <laughs> when you're actually trying to become a good running back, not blocking. <laughs> and, and also, well, I, you know, there's not, a, there are maybe, I guess, a little similarities, but not a ton of similarities between blocking a defensive lineman, you know, face to face and picking up a blitz. But, um, yeah. I don't know, but I whatever. digress. So, Zach, now, speaking of, um, you know, we started talking about tweets. Some guy told me to be, be a better journalist, whatever. I'm not a journalist, so I really. I'm never going to be a better journalist because I'm never one to begin with. Uh, you had a phenomenal tweet the other day about how Wisconsin basketball is going farther in March than the likes of Duke, uh, you know, Kansas, and then you do Marquette in there. Uh, people were just in there. I think Marquette is the most sensitive, soft fan base in the entire country in all sports. They really need to focus on taking their toughen up pills. Do you have anything to say about your viral tweet about Wisconsin? And by the way, UW-Milwaukee deeper in March than Marquette as well. Do you have anything you want to say about your viral tweet before I ask you about the Badgers? Uh, yeah, I... Do you mean, did you mean it? I mean, it's facts, right? It's, I, don't, I don't have to mean it. It's facts. Yeah, it's, you can't argue it, against it. Like, I mean, what's, what is, it's happened. What is today? Today's March 21st. Wisconsin's playing. Yeah. Are those other four teams playing? No, just Wisconsin is. Like, you can't right, argue so against it. It is straight facts. You can't facts. argue facts. You can't yeah. argue facts. Uh, like water is wet, the grass is green, the sky is blue. Wisconsin plays longer in March than Marquette. Like it's those are facts. Yes, the, the bigger fact is that uh, I sent it and then I needed the conversation because I knew um, exactly the reason I tweeted it was to troll them, and it worked. There are perfectly. some beautiful responses in there, by the way. It is. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. They're incredible. Like it just, have, They're great. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they're very nice responses. Uh, but I, I did exactly uh, what I wanted to, and I accomplished exactly what I wanted to. And uh, people are yelling into the ether, and uh, you know that, that was the purpose of the tweet. I've been, I, uh, I've been pissing off a lot of Marquette fans lately. And here's the thing: I, I don't care. Like if if you want if you want a retort, they can call in at six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. They never do. They just get all mad and huffy and puffy and, and sit behind their keyboards. So it's like they can call in, but they never do, dude. So it's like. Well, they'll always have that one NCAA tournament win in the last decade to, to fall back on. So they, they got that. Um, there's there's just a lot of really good stats that they can fall back on uh, despite losing in the second round. So <laughs> Zach, Wisconsin's still alive in the Elite Eight. Want to punch are their, they? They are. They want to punch their ticket to the Final Four. Elite Eight. I love it. Yeah, they're in the Elite Eight, Final Wisconsin. Four. What do we think love about that. Oregon tonight? Uh, uh, Wisconsin here from a four- to five-point dog. What do we think about uh, Bucky punching their ticket to the Final Four? Is Oregon the biggest challenge, obviously, yeah? Biggest, I think, is probably the word probably want to use. Uh, Wisconsin's kind of abused a couple teams that have zero size uh, the last two games. Uh, we'll see if they will do it. Marquette, obviously, or not Marquette. They're not playing. No, uh, they're done. Oregon, Oregon has some size uh, that could uh, challenge Wisconsin. They're dealing with some injuries, though. 
I think the biggest thing that Wisconsin has to overcome is the floor. Um, it is a monstrosity, and you'll see it it's tonight. Terrible. Uh, it's terrible. Oregon's floor is the ugliest thing you've ever seen in college basketball. And uh, so it is, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's bad. Uh, it's the NIT. Look, Wisconsin needs to shoot it better. They need Connor Seijan to step out of his funk. Last 10 games, he's shooting in the low. I think he's at 20% Oof. from three. Um, need something better from him. Can Chucky continue what was a, a really, really good game the other day, especially inside the arc? Uh, we haven't seen a ton of him being able to finish, you know, around the rim, but he was able to do that, taking advantage of, of that size advantage. And then do we get uh, the big, bad Steve Crowell, uh, throwing people all over the place again and, um, you know, dominating down low. Can that happen? Um, I will say Wisconsin's defense, probably one of the better ones Oregon has seen. And, uh, we'll see if, uh, that matters. They, they, I think I read a stat there, they're one in nine against the, the top 10 defenses they face this year. So, um, it's, it's the NIT. And uh, we'll see. Zach, I'll be honest, for pretty much his entire career, Stephen Crawl was kind of meh for me. You know, he was no Indiana boy that grew up just like a shooter, you know, like Jimmy Chitwood or anything like that, because I jumped on the Asijan train right away. But he did move up a couple notches with that elbow. Have you fallen off the Asijan train, considering uh, it's... uh, Has it derailed like like many other trains lately? It's like a chug a chug. It's trying to get up the hill, and it's not going anywhere right now. Has it derailed like many other yeah, trains? Yeah, it hasn't derailed. No, no, no. We're no, going through derailed. a stretch. It's a tough little stretch of land. We're just on, we're just on a track right now. They're a little yeah. shaky, you know? Here's the thing. I think Rowdy's going to pile more coal in it tonight to make it speed up. Connor's fantastic. Uh, he's a fantastic shooter. I think, obviously, the long season is probably getting to him a little bit because, uh, you know, usually that's what goes. When it comes to shooters, that's usually what goes. Uh, is, is your legs first, and I think we've kind of seen that. But he's legs helped in other wolves, ways. Boys. He's yeah. helped in other ways. Yeah. He's helped in other ways. Yep. yep. All right, Zach. Um, got a beautiful time. I'm excited to see what happens. But hey, any inklings? Have you heard any mutterings or rumors? I've heard a couple of scuttlebutts about it. I don't. I'm going <laughs> to ask the big J. Any any rumors on uh, a Seijin, maybe or a Chucky Hepburn or a Tyler Wall on no longer being a Badger coming up here? I've heard some scuttlebutt on Hepburn and, and Wall, but not much on the Siege. And have you heard anything? Is that uh, sources close to the program? No, this is not. This is not a source close to the program. This is a source close no. to one of the players, actually. This hasn't left. Oh, this hasn't gotten uh, up there higher enough. Okay, got it. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I'm. There's, there's all. It's the NIL era. It's the transport era. Guys are on some level always thinking about transfer. It's mm. a good answer. You know what they say, a, a good journalist doesn't reveal his sources. Yep, so I'm not going to reveal my sources, Zach. Appreciate if I, you. If I ever want to be a journalist, you know. Not appreciate, appreciate, I appreciate you uh, sticking with the rest of the journalism community there, <sighs> including Brent Bill. Well, I'm here to make journalism ethics great again. Mm. They were on Mount Notice. Zach, <laughs> give Dane a hug, give Hankleton a hug, and we can't wait to uh, talk about, you know, Badgers and NIT punching the ticket to the Final Four. Okay, brother? All right. Sounds good, guys. With a sports writer so kind, he didn't smoke any stuff and wrote all about the Packers. Our guy, Rob Reichel. Robbie. Good morning, my friend. Just doing a little uh, ad-lib into Led Zeppelin's going to California for you. you know? that, 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 is, that is in my top five all-time stuff. Nice, nice yes. Rob, I think every Led Zeppelin song is in my, my top five. I don't know how that works. I just know it works that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, no, it, it is. It's like Brett Favre games, right? <laughs> it's like Brett Favre games. Rob, by the way, people lately um, a lot more pissed off at uh, the end of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers than they were when Brett Favre, despite Brett Favre wanting to stick it to the green and gold, and Aaron Rodgers saying he's got nothing but love. So, uh, I, I don't know. Can, can you get a finger on the pulse of the fan base of why they'd be more upset with Rodgers than they would be Brett Lorenzo Favre? Yeah, it, it was really an interesting dynamic, wasn't it? I mean, I remember well back to 15 years ago, and it was it was 90% plus of the people that wanted Brett to, to stick around. And, I mean, you, you guys remember there was a weekend when this was all going on over at Lambeau Field where a few hundred people went and protested. Um, you know, they probably just actually fired up the grill and drank a lot all day. Evo is probably what they did, but they called it a protest. And, you know, that the Packers were trying to get Brett Favre out of town that summer. And, you know, Favre was winning those popularity polls at least 90 to 10, 95, five. And I mean, I, I would say right now, three quarters of the fan base was ready to turn the page on Aaron Rodgers. And 
Um, you know, it was probably 70-30, 75-25, 80-20 for Jordan Love. And it, it, it really is fascinating evil that a guy like Rodgers, who won a Super Bowl and he won four MVPs, could lose those popularity contests so badly in both instances. And, and you know, it, I think more than anything, it, it speaks to his personality and some of this drama and the diva level that he had to him far more obviously than it did to his play on the field. All right, so, uh, Rob, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, okay, dude. You still talking about him, Evo? Well, we're talking about, like, it's got to get done. Like, the deal's got to get done, right? <laughs> so, like, do the Packers have, in my opinion, the Packers have all the leverage. I hear uh, Pat McAfee coming out to call Brian Gutekunst the dumbass and this and this, and then that the Jets have leverage. It's it's the Packers who have all the leverage, yes? Yes. I mean, Andrew Brandt and, he wrote a terrific column yesterday, and, and he said, Which, whichever side is more content, and he brought up a great point here, whichever side is more content with the status quo is the side that has all the leverage, right? I mean, Green Bay is sitting there with two quarterbacks, and the Jets are sitting there with no quarterbacks. It's, Evo, it's like if you and Nelly went running around town back in your single days, and, 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 it's, and it's bar time, and you've got two women on your arms, and Nelly's got nobody, you're the one who's sitting in the prime position, right? And that's where Brian Gutekunst is sitting. He's the guy with the two quarterbacks, and the Jets have nobody. I mean, could you imagine? You know, could, could you imagine the Jets front office and, and and the head coach and you know the offensive coordinator if, if this all fell apart? Uh, you know, going back to Woody Johnson, the owner, and saying, "Yep, you know, it, it's not going to happen. We're we're not going to bring Aaron Rodgers to town after all this." And and, and, and the level of just infuriation that would create with the fan base, um, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Brian Gutekunst is holding the cards here. Um, I, I get it. Um, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the Jets are the only team in play, so that gives them, you know, a, one card, I would say, I guess, in their hand at the end of the day, Evo. You know, if there were three or four teams bidding for the services right now of Aaron Rodgers, Instead of just the Jets, that would obviously, you know, in, in, you know, give, give Gutekunst the the straight flush or the full house or whatever you want to call it. But but he's sitting there right now with a pretty sweet hand, and and the Jets are the Jets have a pair of twos right now, Evo, and, and that that's not going to win you a whole lot. So I, you know, I, I I think what it comes down to is this: I I, I think 2024 is pretty easy for them to figure out. That's going to be completely tied in in terms of draft pick compensation to how Aaron Rodgers performs this year on the field. If, if Rodgers chases an MVP again and puts up those kind of numbers, and, and if he leads the Jets to the playoffs or they win a division or something like that, the Packers will obviously get a really nice draft pick in 2024. If, if he doesn't play well, that pick will obviously drop down. Um, I, I think the holdup is what do you get in 2023? Do you get that, uh, you know, do you get that first-round pick that the Jets have? Is it a second now and maybe more later? There's, I'm, I'm sure they're discussing deeply, you know, if the Packers are going to pay any of the $60 million that Rodgers is going to be owed for the season coming up right now, Evo. And if, if the Packers pick up any of that tab, that will increase the draft pick compensation. But, you know, top to bottom overall, Brian Gutekunst has the bigger, the better hand here. And, and Gutekunst is in a position, too, Evo, where he can wait. I mean, if he does this on June 2nd, um, it, it, it's really no skin off his nose other than the fact he loses the draft pick this year. Um, but Green Bay is probably going to be in a rebuild this year anyways. Let, let, let's be honest about it, or at least a, a, a reload or a, a rejig or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, the Jets would love to get Aaron Rodgers in their building absolutely as soon as possible to try, try to start developing some chemistry with some of the people in, in, in that locker room. So, um, yeah, to, to your initial question, Evo, Brian Gutekunst has about 90% of the leverage in this case. Rob, I'm supposed to pass along a message uh, to you from our listener, Beamer Bobby. He said, Rob, you are the best when it comes to your uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Brett Favre take. So I just want to let you know that uh, despite some haters out there, you do have a lot of lovers as well. So, Rob, uh, something I also... It's, it's, yeah? it's, 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 nice, it's nice my family members are calling in, Evo. <laughs> well, if a Beamer Bobby is your family member, for the love of God, tell him to use his blinker when he drives around his BMW. <laughs> All right, so, Robbie, something I don't love, uh, I don't know the last time this has happened. The Packers are, what, 30-1 to 1 odds of winning the Super Bowl, Rowdy? 30-1? to 1? 
Yeah, it was 30-1. to one. When's the last time the Packers had 30-1 to one odds of winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, and I wrote this yesterday, Ebo, over at Forbes, that they're now, you know, according to most odds makers, that they're picked for fourth in the division. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they've got the lowest odds in the division. I mean, I hey, I take a flyer on that. Why not? They were at about 425, I think, yesterday, the last I looked over at FanDuel. Um, you know, and, and, and you look at that division overall, Ebo, I mean, the Vikings who went 13-4 and four are never going to do that again. I think they were 9-0 and or 10-0. and in one-score games before, of course, what did they do in the playoffs? They lost a one-score game, right? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the Bears are the Bears are going to be improved, but they still won three games last year. Uh, but they're picked for third in the division. The Vikings were picked for second. And who's picked for first, Evo, right now? The Lions. They were almost even. I think they were like a, maybe a plus 120 or something like that. I don't have it in front of me. Um, you know, and, and, and they're putting together, you know, a, a nice roster. They've done some some things in free agency to upgrade that defense and um they're you know that they, they've got a couple of draft picks the sixth pick and the 18th pick the sixth pick comes from the matt stafford trade so they're going to upgrade that roster obviously as well but evo you know the last time the uh, the lions won a division i i'm not sure you were on the planet 1993 um, oh i was here i was here you're you're a pup i was five you, years old i'm 35 right. now i wasn't all born right, yet rob well, you're okay. So, so, so Evo's running around looking at the cute girls in in four and five k, and and we're and we're waiting to That's get right. Nelly's presence on the planet. That's I right, mean, Rob. We're talking we're talking thirty years since the Lions. So, no, I mean, hey, Green, Green Bay on paper right now does not look like a particularly good football team, but there's a lot of great unknown, right? Um, we, we don't know how Jordan Love's going to play, um, and and I and I'm I'm fully of the belief he's going to have a year very similar or better than to what Geno Smith put up, for example, last year really? in Seattle. I I I think the kid's going to I think the kid's going to maybe maybe not hit it out of the park right away, but I I think the kid's going to uh, turn into a you know, top twelve, top ten type quarterback when this thing is all said and done. They've still got a nice running game. The offensive line is intact. They've got to get a couple pass catchers in the draft, clearly, for Love to, to work with because they've lost Tunyon and they've lost Alan Lazard along the way here. The defense has taken some hits, especially on the defensive line. But but I'll, I'll tell you what, um, you know, they they could be one of those surprise teams in the league. And they're, they're going to be fun to watch, I think, guys, next year. It's, it's going to be the offense run the way Matt LaFleur wants the offense run. Um, you know, Joe Barry's going to be on the hot seat again. Obviously, we'll spend the year. <laughs> so we'll spend the year talking about him, and um, you know what what they can get done on that side of the ball. But there are still some pieces, and and picking them, you know, fourth seems like risky business. And like you guys said, thirty to one to win the Super Bowl. I certainly don't think they're going to win the conference or win the Super Bowl. But I, I kind of like them as a deep shot flyer to make a run in that NFC North. Hmm, interesting. Rob Reisel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie, well, who the hell? Okay, so Jordan Love, I'm sure you saw the reports. He is uh, out there with uh, in California with Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs uh, working on their timing and their chemistry. Who in the hell is going to be uh, catching the ball from Jordan Love? I mean, Christian Watson, obviously, and Romeo Dobbs. Who else? Right, so sorry, I lost. Uh, sorry, Evo, I lost you there for about ten seconds. What are the Packers? What are the Packers going to be doing? So uh, out in Cali, Rob is Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs working with Jordan Love, right? Who the hell yep. else is going to be catching the ball from Jordan Love? Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. These are guys coming in the second years, right? Like, are the Packers finally going to take a, a first round pick with a wide receiver? Are they going to go and can they get somebody in free agency? Like, what the hell happens? They absolutely have to. I mean, there's no question. Let's just say, for example, they get that Jets first round pick and now they're sitting at 13 and 15. I mean, if, if, if they take the tight end out of Notre Dame, if they take the wide receiver out of Ohio State or TCU or something like that and they load up Evo and, and now they've, they've got these young pass catchers, the two rookies you saw last year and Watson and Dobbs, um, you know, if, if they can go heavy early in the draft, and address the offensive side of the ball. And I, and I think that's exactly what Brian Gutekunst is going to do, Evo. I, I think he's going to give Jordan Love uh, every possible weapon uh, to, to work with and make this thing make this thing work. Make make, make this look. Brian Gutekunst has a ton on the line here, Evo. Let, yeah. let, I mean, his, his butt is on the line. Mm. He needs this offense to wind up being a top 10, a top 12, 
type of offense with, with Jordan Love. And the only way he's going to do that, and it may not happen immediately, Evo, in 2023, but it could happen by 2024, um, is if he goes heavy at the pass catcher route, whether it's wide out tight end or tight end wide out in that order, he's still got a nice combination in the backfield. I still think the offensive line is going to be, you know, a top eight, a top ten unit in the, in the league if it, if it winds up staying healthy. Um, and then and these young wideouts, Evo, are allowed to grow with what you saw last year out of the two rookies that played a lot. I think it's got a chance to be a really good offense down the road. And um, so that that's what I think they'll do. I, I know they've gone defense, defense, defense forever in the first round of the draft. And there's been 10 different years we thought they were going to hit the offensive side of the ball and they've ignored it. But, but Evo, I think this is the year. They finally go all in on the offensive side of the ball, and they give up <laughs> every possible weapon to work with. Oh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Hey, Rob, two questions before I let you go. It's a little off the beaten path here. Well, I mean, the last one will be, but the second to last one. Robbie, are you all in on the NIT yet as the Badgers take on Oregon tonight to punch their ticket to the Final Four deeper in the March than Marquette? Is that still going on? Rob! Rob! Robbie, oh, come on, Broski. Hell yeah. We're taking on the Ducks tonight. You got to watch. Let, 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 let me just say this, okay? And you know I despise, I dislike Marquette more than anybody on the planet. I'm, I, I am a huge believer that you pick Cal or you pick Stanford. You don't pick both. You cheer for the Yankees or you cheer for the Mets. You don't cheer for both. You cheer for Bucky or Marquette, but not both. So all these, all these knuckleheads in the state that when the tournament started, they want to cheer for Marquette, and they want to be Badger fans. And then there are these Marquette jig-offs that want to come to Badger football games and party it up with people like us, Evo. They, they can all go jump in the lake. Um, Which one? You know, so, so uh, let's go Mendota today. How about that one? <laughs> <Sounds> um, <laughs> so, okay, but now having said that, these Badger fans <laughs> that, that are trying to tell you that this, this is some kind of great accomplishment. Robbie, you're about to personally playing. offend me with this. Yep, okay. I know I, I know I am, and I wanted to go after you the other day when I saw your <laughs> social media tweet, Evo, and I, le- I left it alone. Bring it on, Rob. Was, Bring it on. I was tired, and I went to bed. But but Wisconsin season ended, Evo, on March 8th when Ohio State punched him in the face at the Big Ten tournament. This, this, this is nothing other than a booby prize. This isn't some great continuation of the season. Hey, Good, good for them that they won a couple of meaningless games against nobody opponents on their home court. But, but Evo, to me, the, the season ended on March 8th. And, and, again, as much as I dislike Marquette, there's no way we as Badger fans can tell anybody that, hey, this is some wonderful accomplishment that is still whatever, March 20th today. <laughs> And we're playing in Marquette. Rob, uh, sorry, I, sorry, I was going to send you a Badgers NIT championship T-shirt when it all happened, but now you have been taken off the list. My my, my I, gift out of love is no longer unbelievable. Well, unbelievable. I'll tell you what. I, the, the way I read last weekend was Chris McIntosh publicly shaming Greg Gard, <laughs> making him run around campus and pass out tickets. Wow. Rob, that, Rob, was a, that was a public shaming is what it was, Evo. Weirdly enough, Rob, I believe it was, you know, if we let this play out, about a week after he gives you that shirt, you were actually inviting people over for a bonfire. Mm. Yep. I was, I, I was going to send Rob an autographed Craig Council jersey, not doing that anymore, and no longer a Badgers NIT championship jersey. Autographed the, the entire team. Wow. All right, Rob. All right, before I let you go. Autograph from the entire team. <laughs> <laughs> right before I let you go. We have a you, guys are, you guys are on fire today. We have a, well, well, this is a big one we're going to throw at you. We have a question on journalism ethics. So, Rob, oh boy. I'm not going to – I've been told to kind of keep the story more tight-lipped here as, as painting the picture a different way than it should have been. But, Rob, let's say you're – let's say – that your you and your your brethren, your other big J's are around, and you're interviewing a guy, uh, a coach, we'll say, who may or may not be the baseball manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, and you have all your you have all your recorders out, uh, you've you've recorded it, and then after the fact, once this manager leaves, his media relations guy comes up and says, "Oh, by the way, that's all off the record." Is it indeed off the record after the fact when he said it, or should it be known before you get down and start interviewing him? Yeah, theoretically, that's got to come before or during the course of the interview. I've, I've, I've had a lot of people say to me as we go, Evo, and maybe they realize they're saying too much, like, hey, can this stuff be off the record? And if, if they ask during the course of the interview, Evo, then, or, or certainly before, then yes, it's obviously off the record. And, 
I'm off the record with people all the time just to find out background information and BS and really learn the whole story. It, it's extremely rare, and, and I'll be honest, I, I've never had anybody come up and do that to me where an interview <laughs> ended and they come up and then say, uh, that, 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 that needs to be off the record. It, it, it doesn't happen, you know, post-interview. It doesn't happen 5, 10, 20 minutes later. It's always before or even, at, again, at various times it can be during. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a tricky one then for the journalists because moving forward, Evo, then you, you've got to keep nice relations with a lot of these people. But I, I, I think some middle ground needs to be established there mm. if the PR guy is coming up afterwards. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe everything doesn't get used, but some of it's got to get used. Mm. And because, that, that, again, that, that's extremely rare. For, for an interview subject mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to come up to the interviewer I, I agree. afterwards I agree. or have their media guy come up afterwards and say that was off the record. You know what that, that, you know what that feels rare. like to me, Rob? Another unserious, unprofessional Brewers event. Hypothetically, sure hypo- hypothetically, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking. So, 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 Nelly, it's like every other Brewers event. <laughs> hypothetically. That's, that's what I was getting at, yes. These are all hypotheticals, yep. Rob. These are, you know, <laughs> these are hypotheticals. Hey, Rob. Yeah, very hypothetical. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Well, you guys enjoy that big uh, big knit game tonight. It should, should be a real thriller. I'll text you throughout to give you updates, Robbie, okay? And by the way, uh, my, my myself, Rowdy, we love you, and so does Marquette Nation. They love you too, Rob. <laughs> hey, as long as Badger Nation's on board, I'm good with that. <laughs> Rob, have fun, man. See you later. All right, boys. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Thanks. There is Rob Reichel.